What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast, episode eight. I cannot believe how far we are into doing this podcast. And uh, Jason, how you feeling, man? How's it? How's it feel to be on episode eight of the Midnight Terrors podcast? Wait, we're on. We are recording. Oh, we are. <laughs> you didn't hear me oh. say record. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're recording. Yeah, no, we are. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> and this is Midnight Terror. Now you're in the mode there. There you go. I love you, it's, Jason, but I'm leaving that in there that you didn't know that we were recording. It's in the mode of Midnight Terror. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But yeah, everybody, welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast, episode eight. I hope that uh, you enjoyed last week's episode where Jason and I just, um, what was the phrase that we u- that you used in the last episode that you gave us? Um, crap. Just, just evil dead it? Uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just evil dead it. <laughs> yes. That is what just we did last week. You should do it in like the, the just do it voice when you say that just we're evil did it we're just yeah we're just gonna do it every episode i'll just be like you know what i don't feel like doing this uh let's just evil dead it yeah you're the <laughs> i don't want to take this seriously we're just gonna fanboy about it and uh i'm telling you there will be a shirt with that at on it at some point just evil dead it <laughs> just evil dead it dot 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 midnight terrors podcast or something there you go and then our logo on it or something well, yeah, yeah. The front is just, just <laughs> evil dead. It. Yep. And then on the back it says the Midnight Terrors podcast or something. There you go. There you but go. it'll be like written, um, with like creepy font to make it so it's like an in joke that it's Midnight Terror. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use a creepy font. That's your that's your game on the podcast is that you come up However, with all the iconic can... phrases. However, we can try and make it sound like that in a font. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I caught it as soon as I said it. But I'm not saying, like, actually try to make it sound. It's not going to be one of those T-shirts where you attach, like, a little speaker to it or something. <laughs> Although we could do that. We could just get a speaker attached to it and get you on an endless loop saying Midnight Terrors in that voice. There and we go. Just push a button. People are like, oh, what's your shirt? And then they just push the button. Just Midnight Terror. <laughs> then it'll just play our theme song. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? I had, um, in high school, I had a Beavis and Butthead uh, t-shirt. <laughs> and you could press it, and it would do, like, the laugh, like a Beavis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you could press like butthead, and he'd be like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it would be like the ah, <laughs> just is dumbfounded. Uh, I was actually watching a clip from, um, I think it's Beavis and Butthead do America, where like someone's broken into wherever they're staying, and the TV was stolen. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just and looking like, at the broken what? window, trying to piece together what happened to the television. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's there's even footprints on the floor too. He looks at the window. He looks at the floor. He looks at the TV. <laughs> looks at the window. Looks at the floor. Looks at the TV. He's like, Venus. <laughs> I figured something out. And Venus is like, what? And he's like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. I had actually never seen that clip or I hadn't seen it uh, uh, in many, well, many years. Either. And uh, my favorite podcast, Horror Movie Night, one of the co-hosts was talking about it. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So I went and Googled the clip uh, or yeah. YouTubed it and I was laughing hysterically. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> at that. So, But anyway, we are so off topic because this is as much as I'm sure uh, we would like to and as maybe there are people out there that wish it was. Uh, this is not a Beavis and Butthead podcast um, or a shirt pitch no, no, podcast. No. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast, and we're here to talk about horror each and every week. So um, if you listen to episode seven, you heard us fanboy out about the Evil Dead franchise as a whole, where we talked about all the video games and the movies and the show. And 
Uh, we even, I think, touched on the musical in a little in a little part of the show. And all we did was, well, not all we did, but we talked a lot about the campiness and the goofiness of that. Um, there's yeah. no campiness to be found in what we're talking about this week because we're talking about the Netflix series Midnight Mass. Yeah. Um, made by the one and only Mr. Mike Flanagan uh, from last September is when the show came out. And uh, yeah, um, Mike Flanagan is easily my favorite horror director working today. He has made knockout after knockout after knockout with his shows and his movies. Um, Jason, just to go down a list of some of his most notable things, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, is, you're, you're more familiar with him than I am. Um, I, I know kind of the major ones, but yeah, yeah, you roll it down. So I won't touch on every movie cause I haven't seen everything he's done, but Mike Flanagan gave us, Movies like Oculus, um, Hush on Netflix, another Netflix movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Hush. Hush is great. Gerald's Game. Yep, another good one. He gave us Dr. Sleep. Um, He did Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. Midnight Mass, he did Ouija 2, the good Ouija movie. Right. And yeah, then he is just, he kills it every single time. And his he's got another show coming out um, sometime in the near future, I hope. Uh, he's actually going to do a, a Netflix series adaptation of the Edgar Allan Poe story, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, yeah, I heard that. So stoked for that. My favorite horror director and my favorite post story. Sign me up. So yeah, Mike Flanagan is a genius. I love everything I have ever seen of his. Um, and I do want to go back and see some of his earlier films, um, from before Oculus. Cause I fe- I think Oculus was the one that kind of put him on the map. Um, but he's given us, you know, I've seen Haunting of Hill House now. I'm re-watching it for like the third or fourth time now. And Bly Manor almost had me in tears watching it at the very end. Um, and Midnight Mass, man, what a what a show. I, I remember being so hyped for this coming out last September. And I burned through it, all seven episodes, in like just one weekend when it dropped. Um, I love this show. It is such a smart, clever, emotionally packed show. Um, and I've been telling Jason to watch it since last September and he did. So now we're just gonna, we're gonna do a deep dive into, into Midnight Mass. But, um, Jason, now knowing the movies that he's done, what are, what are your thoughts on Mr. Mike Flanagan? Um, I, you know, I've, always liked him or like I've seen stuff that I wasn't really aware that he did. Um, but everything, you know, once you read off the list and I know some of them, uh, you know, and the, the ones that I hear, I didn't realize he did and they were great. Um, and, um, you know, after watching Midnight Mass, um, well, in, uh, Haunting of Hill House was fantastic. Amazing. One of the scariest shows ever. And again, just a tearjerker, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was really surprised by Midnight Mass, um, I didn't know where they were going or like what was like what was happening with it. Um, but the reveal and everything was really good. Yeah, dude. Um, so without spoiling anything for the, for people that haven't seen this show, um, the premise of the show is about a guy 
named Riley coming back um, after having gone through something fairly traumatic um, and emotionally devastating for him and his family, he comes back to his little um, island home um, off the off the coastline of, uh, I think they live somewhere up north, um, I think, but it's a little island, um, I don't want to say colony or village, but a little island town, basically, um, off the mainland of, of wherever they are. And he comes back. It's a very religious community. They have a, a Catholic church there. Um, it's people going to mass every Sunday, um, basically, or at least there's a small portion of people that do that. And a mysterious priest shows up um, after their regular priest isn't able to make it and is just kind of MIA, basically. But this mysterious priest shows up and uh, strange, random miracles start happening that should be impossible, but they're happening and they seem to be based around this priest and this church. And if you watch the trailer, it seems like there's something... Um, something creepy um, lurking around the island as well. Um, and that's all I'll say because you want to go in completely blind with with this show. Um, now, I will give you guys a heads up. I said uh, on the last episode that, um, you know, you do want to watch this stuff before you listen to our episodes because we are going to do a deep dive. We're going to do that here with Midnight Mass, but I'm giving you a warning now before we dive in. If you have not seen the show, do not listen to this until you've seen it because we're going to yeah. we're gonna spoil it and you don't want anything spoiled for you with this show. Um, just go in blind and enjoy the story and the reveals as they come. So that's your spoiler warning. Uh, Jason, let's just go to town on this show. So you liked the show. You had a good time watching it. Loved it. Um, it reminded me a lot. Um, and this is not taking anything away from it. Um, but it reminded me a lot of, uh, Castle Rock. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. And you know, like, everybody's influenced by everything these days that like even even if something is similar to something like i'm with you that i don't think it takes anything away just to be influenced by something it'd be one thing if it was like a straight rip off right. um but it's not but you know everybody's influenced by everything and maybe mike flanagan was inspired inspired by castle rock so Absolutely, I agree with you that it has a very yeah, similar was, setup to yeah, it. Yeah, when I was watching it. <clears throat> or similar tone, at least, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's just it's just the tone of it. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of everything all around. Um, the, the tone, kind of the lighting, like kind of the storyline... Not the storyline was copying or anything like that, but it was kind of similar. Um, but I I enjoyed it a lot. Like I thought it yeah. was really good. Um, so and I, I I thought the take on the story um, was really interesting. Yeah. So going into the show and you know just kind of waiting for the reveals to come. Did you guess beforehand that it was going to be a vampire show? Not at all. Okay, so we're on the same page because I feel like the way they concealed the fact that it's a vampire behind all of this, and they never call it a vampire. It's always referred to as an angel, but it's very clearly a vampire. Yeah. I mean, it's it's drinking blood. It's got wings. Yeah. It's very, like, gray-skinned. Um, yeah. And, you know, people drink its blood and that's the source of the miracles that's going on. Like the wheelchair bound girl is able to walk after she drinks the blood. Um, Yeah. So it's it's, definitely a vampire. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's it's interesting, you know, the fact that they never treat it like that. They never call it a vampire. And like we're almost seeing this creature from the viewpoint of the priest and he's a little insane. So he's like, it's an angel. It's a godsend. Yeah. 
Um, and it saved me from old age and, and dying alone in the, in the desert. And I found it in its cave and I'm here to deliver its eternal life to you. And it's obviously eternal life is being put in parallel to the eternal life that, that we receive in, in church through communion or, or, um, worshiping, um, God. Yeah. And, um, it's, I think it's interesting when um, they take th- those uh, ancient stories like vampires and stuff like that and they want to um, tie in or, or, or wrap some religion into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, in, in this case... Um, uh the the priest uh is just a little crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah he, to put it to put it mildly he's crazy yeah and so he he ties it in or or twists it the way that he wants to see it yeah he wants to see it as oh this cuz he was he was dying yeah and, he was an old man and suffering from like memory loss or dementia or something and right. is on a missionary trip, gets lost in the desert and is basically ready to die. Um, right. just lost in the desert on a, in a sandstorm and comes across a, a cave entrance in the middle of the desert, um, and goes in for shelter and comes out a younger priest. Yeah. Um, and they get saved. Yeah. And the reveal, um, and so- and so, so to him, like so, even even the way that you, the way that you put that, um, as far as him going through the desert and coming, or going into the cave and then coming out and being saved, yeah, like it's kind of that parallel to like baptism. It's yeah, like you, it's very you much a, a a biblical tale, but like, um, twisted around to match this horror story. Um, right. so which like, is, which is interesting. Cause we talked, um, on a previous episode with, uh, with Mr. J on our horror, this or that episode where he was talking about, um, there being, um, stories in the Bible that are very horror esque as well. And how passion right. of the Christ is kind of horror influenced as well. Absolutely. Um, sorry, Jason, my dog is whining. Let me let him out real quick. It's all right. All right, sorry about that, buddy. Um, All right, but yeah, so yeah, so this show is very much a, a a biblical story, but just brought to this island community and put in parallel with the the mythology of a vampire. Um, right. And you know, I read somewhere that this was Mike Flanagan's most personal show, where he was kind of talk like addressing. Um, his thoughts and experiences on or with religion. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whether any of us disagree or agree with, with his take on it, because um, I definitely think it's open to interpretation. I just think it's so smart the way that he uses <clears throat> these various characters um, and their experiences within the church on the island to kind of get his story out and his thoughts out, you know? Yeah. Well, and um, the the use of, um, you know, some of the Bible verses and stuff like that, where he talks about, you know, angels coming to human beings and then being afraid. Yeah. He's like, you know, everyone's been afraid. Don't be afraid. Like, you know, there's no reason to be afraid. And I'm just like, dude, that's crazy (laughs) yeah so for so for people listening um that have seen the show or or don't want to watch the show or or just anybody listening so you find out that this mysterious priest that's come to this island and is performing these miracles he is their the island's original priest but the old senile guy was their priest and they're like oh he's having health problems 
this young guy's just here to to fill in, but the big the first big reveal of the show is that this is their priest, but he's been reverted back to his youth from his experience with the vampire. And he has brought almost like a Salem's Lot scenario where if you read Salem's Lot or watch the movie, you find out that the um the the guy saying that he's opening a, like an antique store, he's brought a vampire to live in that house, the Marsden house, to feed on the the town below. Um, and that's what this priest has done. He's brought the vampire over, or the angel as he refers to it, over to this island, and the vampire's feeding on, on people and animals, but he, the priest, is also taking the blood of this vampire and putting it in the wine, like the communion at, at church. So, you know, one little girl, not little girl, but like a teenager girl, a teenage girl drinks this wine and she's wheelchair bound for the first few episodes because of a backstory with another resident of the island. Excuse me. Um, another resident of the island and she ends up being able to walk again. And so more and more stuff like that happens and it brings more people to the church. But little do they know that that's all part of the priest's plan to to bring them all there, to bring them to this to this angel, this vampire. Um, but the interesting thing too about this this priest character, Jason, is that in his mindset, he doesn't see this as anything wrong. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the whole point. Like he's uh, he's been broken mentally yeah and, and he thinks he's so, he's saving this community and actually bringing them closer to god yeah yeah so he i mean he thinks that he's he thinks that he's doing what's best for everybody um and there's the crazy uh <laughs> jim jones moment where he has them all drink the kool-aid <laughs> um, you know, so that they can die and then come back to life. Yeah, I mean, what a what a crazy play out that they drink the blood for several Sundays in a row, and then on Easter, another clever thing here: Easter, the resurrection, is going to be their day where he reveals the vampire, and they can now die by drinking right. like rat poison. Or something like that, and kill themselves. But since they have the blood, they will be resurrected on Easter, right? And it's just it's just those little things in there that are so clever. How Mike Flanagan ties these two, um, these two, uh, like the mythology of a vampire and the belief system of 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 Christianity or Catholicism, and blends them together. Yeah, it's a it's it's a weird twist, and I kind of I I kind of really like it when uh, people do that shit. Um, yeah, you know, tie in kind of the religious belief because it's it it's a testament of what people will really do if you have their attention or if you can brainwash them. I mean, sure. People yeah. can be, it, it just, it just amazes me how much people will just follow along, just marching along like ants. Just, okay. Whatever you say to do, I'm going to do. Um, yeah. and that's, and that's kind of, you know, what he has going on uh it's just like anything anything you tell us we'll do yeah basically and they see these miracles it. happening and they want the same thing for themselves they're almost doing it it's almost you can almost view it as like he's playing on their vanity and their selfishness that like they see that they can get whatever it is they want you know 
the one doctor character has um, an elderly mom with also suffering from memory loss or dementia or something like that or Alzheimer's and she starts going to church and she knows something's off but she's been receiving the communion at home and she ages backwards and then becomes kind of a a spokesperson against it she's like that's not my priest I don't know what what this guy is or what he's doing I'm not coming back here yet but he still finds a way to get it to her. Um, and really the person that starts to wake people up is our who we think is our main character, Riley, who is the one suffering. His traumatic event was that he got in a DUI and he killed someone because he was an alcoholic. Um, and he comes yeah. back to the island and he's, you know, you feel so bad for him. Um, and he's going to AA meetings with, with this priest, um, and then eventually gets attacked by the vampire because he stumbles across the whole thing, um, and now understands what the priest is up to, but to save his love interest, um, played by, played by Kate Siegel, um, Mike Flanagan's wife, actually, uh, he's like, look, I'm going to show you what I am and please get away from this island. And he lets himself burn in the sun. Um, yeah. And he dies halfway through the series. I mean, that had to have caught you off guard, right? I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, I didn't either. You know, that's like three, that's like four episodes in that he dies. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. okay, well, what are the rest of the characters going to do? Um, yeah, because he was like, he was like the main through, you know, half the series. Yeah. And we got to, I mean, we, we got to point this out. The acting from everybody here is phenomenal, but the guy playing the priest, I cannot remember his name, but the young version of the priest, um, I've seen him in some other stuff before, but he is so good in his portrayal of this priest character. The young priest? Yeah, the one, it's the, it's the priest running the church, but the younger version of him, so not the old man. But the 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 main guy that we're seeing for most of the show, yeah, yeah, he's good. He just whenever he's delivering homilies, um, or you know, handing out communion, like it feels real, and his dedication to playing that character is insane. Yeah, he's Um, really he's so good. But everybody's awesome here as well. We got Henry Thomas back because Mike Flanagan likes to you know, reuse actors to play different characters. So he, pretty much everything since Ouija two, uh, Henry Thomas has been in of his. Yeah, pretty much every, uh, he's on, this is his third series. Yep. He was in Bly Manor and Hill house. Yep. Yeah. So Flanagan pretty much every season brings as many people as he can back. Uh, it's kind of the same thing as, uh, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. They try and get as many actors back as they can playing different people. Yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. Rob Zombie's kind of done that too um, oh, yeah, throughout his course. movies. He loves working with Bill Mosley and obviously his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie, and Sid Haig and, and all those people. Um, yeah. It's cool. I love that there's this little group of people that are all seem to be friends with each other and are making such good, um, good shows. But you know, the, yeah. th- the thing that Mike Flanagan is, it, that Mike Flanagan is so good at is that he knows how to do good scares and make good horror movies, but he always knows how to go to the realms of family drama and, um, like realistic life scenarios. Like when these family members are fighting with each other, um, especially, you know, even going back to Hill House and Bly Manor, but like when Riley's family is fighting with him or, um, you know, looking down on him for, for his past and whatnot, like it's real stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's really good when, you know, not just, only you have the scare parts and stuff like that, but um, the family like tragedy or like the pain that the family's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of compare it to one of the one of the hardest 
which is one of the best done, it's hereditary. Just like watching that family. Oh yeah. Go through, just go through, you know, the pain. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's like the hardest part. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, movie almost. yeah, I, I feel so bad for Riley during this show. Cause he doesn't like people, <laughs> people are so mean to him on this Island. And I'm like, man, yeah. I'm like, man, everybody makes mistakes. You can't condemn people for making mistakes. You know, we're all human. Um, but that's the thing is that you just, you care about all these characters and Mike Flanagan is so good at, at doing that with everything he does. So, yeah. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a great story. It's, it keep it again. It doesn't show its hand for like, like you're like four episodes in or three episodes in or something before you realize what's actually happening. Yeah. There's only, um, I think there's only eight episodes, maybe seven. Uh, yeah, seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're. It's not until like episode, episode four or five or something that you realize what's yeah, going that on. You, that you realize, yeah, exactly that what's actually happening. Yeah, for um, sure. But it's, but it's still good up until then. For sure. Now I want to ask you. Um, did you find the show to be scary at all? Um, yeah, there were some scary moments. Um, I think when, um, when the vampire took out, uh, the main dude, um, Oh, that jump scare! Yeah, when the vampire turns around and lunges at the camera. Yeah, they're in the um, they're in the um, gymnasium or the little. Yeah, the, uh, like the community center building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah, jump that jump scare that, that was that was pretty intense. Well, that's the thing is that you would expect that as soon as the vampire turns around that it's going to lunge at the camera then, but it like, it turns around and then stares and then they cut back to Riley and then they cut back to the vampire and it lunges at the camera. Um, mm -hmm. and it was so unexpected. Like I jumped, I almost fell out of my chair watching that. It got me so badly. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a good moment. Um, there was definitely um, so a good, there was definitely a good jump scare at the window when one of the kids or someone is laying in bed and looks out the window in the bushes and you just very quickly, you see the two eyes of the vampire before it runs away. Right. So yeah, Mike Flanagan, man, he knows how to, he knows how to scare you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having, uh, like trouble diffusing or separating um the show from them and that show uh what do you mean oh no 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 from from sorry oh i haven't seen that yeah, so from is kind of it's not the same thing, but mm -hmm. it's made by the the people that do Lost. Oh, that's or, right. Yeah, you were telling me Lost. about this. Yeah, and it was very it reminded me a lot of of it. Um because there's people coming to the windows that are dead and that shouldn't be there and everything like that. And, uh, it's, it's really good and it's scary as fuck. And <laughs> so you um, would recommend, uh, our listeners and myself check that out. Yes. From awesome. I'll definitely have to get on that and listeners check that out too. And let us know what you think. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it 
Cause I haven't heard many like people, it. I haven't heard many people talk about that at all. So I think, no, it's on, it's on stars. Um, and I just randomly saw a preview for it and I saw that it was Damon Lindelof and, um, uh, JJ Abrams were producing it. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching this. Sick, man. Um, <laughs> you're, you're always good at that too, with the just like, oh, I'll just check this out. And you always stumble across like awesome gems just randomly looking for something. Yep. It's like how you found uh, Hunger, right? That was just a blind pick one yep. night. Yep. It was. It was just a random little piece that I saw, and I was like, all right, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. And what a movie it was. <laughs> and yes, what a movie it was. Yeah, you've you've always been the king of uh, of just finding uh, hidden gems and, and stuff like that. So that's where I get 90% of my movie recommendations from, is you telling me what I should watch. And shows, too. Well, and a lot of them like that, like, um, <clears throat> like from... And loss and stuff like that. It's just random. So random. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that looks good. And then I'll see producers and I'll see writers. And I'll be like, oh, I like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> there you I'll go. Just be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Love so. it. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode down the road um, once I do watch uh, From and do a deep dive on that one as well. Yeah, From's cool. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to throw back to uh, basically the 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 later part of the of Midnight Mass. Um, that scene in uh, the end of one of the last few episodes, where all of the the churchgoers drink the poison and kill themselves so that they're going to come back as vampires. Mm-hmm. When they wake up and it's just a massacre in the church, and then they break the doors down and spread out into the into the town, yeah, that um, that sequence of all the vampires just running amok in the town is such a like a seventies throwback style horror um, sequence to me. Like yeah, just the, it's, it's, it's very dark. Awesome. Yeah, it's very dark, and there's just glowing eyes as they're just, um, you know, murdering these town, these townspeople that haven't gone to the church. And again, I I got to throw back to like some Salem's Lot, um, and just old school vampire movies, and I think it's fantastic. How did what did you think about about the way the show kind of? Where all hell broke loose with the vampires. Um, it made me think of um, Thirty Days of Night. I was gonna say I, that I definitely got vibes from that too, and uh, shamefully I still have not seen Thirty Days of Night. Uh, um, <laughs> that's what I got from it. Um, yeah, it was just all out madness, mm-hmm. um, and just finding everybody that they could. Yep. Um, and, uh, I know you haven't seen 30 days a night, but, uh, there's very similar scene to that where it's just like, we're just killing everybody. Vampires running amok. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stay um, tuned listeners. Cause, uh, as, as it's been proven, if Jason says, I want to do an episode on this, I am now obligated to watch it more so than I was before. <laughs> so, uh, I think we need to do an episode, an episode, we need to do an episode on 30 days of night. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that. Cause I've seen clips from that thing and man, those vampires are cool. So 30 days of night coming at you sometime down the road. Yeah. It's, um, it's a good one, man. Like, you know, not having any sunlight for 30 days and them just running crazy and finding everybody they can. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty fun. 
Yeah. Love um, it. Definitely. We'll have to, uh, to talk about that. Um, yeah, there's, there's other reveals throughout this show too. You, uh, I think you find out that, um, the doctor lady on the Island is actually the child of her, the mother that was suffering from memory loss or Alzheimer's or whatever. That is her, that is that elderly mom's child with the priest. Uh, cause they have a whole backstory where, um, she had like an affair with him or something like that. And he said, I would drop the collar for you and run away with you. And she's like, we would have destroyed four lives all at once if we did that. Right. So there was that whole reveal. There's just every turn is like a new reveal, uh, throughout the show. Yeah. And I, I, I need to actually watch again. Um, to just catch everything, um, because you don't catch it all on the first, on the first watch. No, not at all. And it's because because they surprise you with so much stuff and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's just such a smart show and the ending again, very much a tearjerker by the end. There's only one. A person that isn't feeling bad about what they've done as vampires, and it's the um, the crazy religious lady that was kind of like very much assistant or right hand to the priest. Yeah, uh, but by the end, he's also realized what he's doing is wrong, and the vampire ends up flying away, but with broken wings because they. Uh, poke poke holes in the wings and they're like no it's not going to make it miles away before the sun rises so you assume that the vampire is dead but only the crazy bad religious lady who's trying to to banish people from from the sanctuary uh, when the sun comes up is is she doesn't feel bad for what they've done and she's like burn all the shelter we're not letting anybody that we don't want survive and the heroes turn it on them, and now she's burned all the shelter, and there's nowhere for them to hide for the sun. Well, she reminds me of the chick from The Mist. Yeah, very the, much so. The over overly re- religious lady that's like, you know, this is this is the end. This is this yeah. is the wrath of God with these monsters. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, for um, sure. So, watching her, because she, she burned at the end too, right? Yeah, she did. So, they she burned all of the shelter from the sunlight, um, basically, yeah, because she's like, we're, she's like, anybody that I choose is closest to God is going to be able to hide out with us in the community center with all these bunks, and they the heroes distract her and then burn the community center. And she's like, there's gotta be somewhere else to hide from the sun. And all the other vampires are like, you burned it all. And they all turn yeah. on her, but then they all just embrace their families as they're going to die from the sun coming up. Um, but she's one of the last people to go. Cause she's on the beach and she's like, I guess this is it. And then she freaks out and tries to like dig a hole in the sand to hide from the oh, sun. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So she dies you know, screaming and going out miserably while everybody else is embracing their family. Um, and again, just a, just a heartfelt ending. They're all singing nearer my God to thee, um, as they burn up. Um, and the two teenage kids get away and the one wheelchair bound girl, uh, that was able to walk for a while. She's like, I can't feel my legs cause the, cause the, the blood is worn off now that that yeah. curse is broken. So and things are going back died, to normal. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, and that's how we wrap it up. And it's just such a, it's such a smart show. And again, tearjerker out the wazoo as Mike Flanagan knows how to do and scary and just a lot of fun. Great for watching around October. It is. It is a great show. For sure. Uh, Jason, you got anything else that you want to touch on? I feel like I've, uh, 
been fanboying out so hard. I don't definitely don't mean to step on your toes, please. If if there's anything else you want to touch on or no, not at all. No, I think you I think you covered it, man. Um, you know, I love the show too. Um, I enjoyed watching it. Would you recommend and, it to uh, to other horror fans? What's that? Would you recommend it to other horror fans? Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Um, I liked uh, the original, not Blind Manor, but was uh, uh, Hill House. Haunting on Hill House. Yeah, you uh, you should definitely check out uh, Blind Manor when you get a chance. Um, it's very different from Hill House and Midnight Mass, for that matter. Um, but if I talked about uh, you know Hill House and Midnight Mass being a tearjerker. Bly Manor like devastated me by the end. Um, and I won't give away why. Um, it's just like, I was almost bawling my eyes out watching the end of Bly Manor. It's so good. Well, I, I enjoyed midnight mass. So it was a good one to, uh, talk about for sure, man. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I'm glad that uh, that we could we could do this deep dive because there's a lot to dive into with anything Mike Flanagan does. But I definitely think this is one of his um, one of his best. Um, and of the movies I mentioned of his, did you do you have like a favorite movie of his? We talk about the shows. Do you have like a favorite movie that he's done? Doctor Sleep, Hush, uh, Gerald's Game, Oculus, all those. Um, I think probably I really liked Hush, mm-hmm. uh, and I really liked Gerald's Game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Hush was uh, great. It was pretty unique. Yeah. Um, having the intruder come in and the the victim not being able to hear mm-hmm. uh, was a cool concept. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, she's deaf and mute. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, that's very different. In, in the way that, like, she's trying to sneak away or she's trying to, you know, guard herself or trying to get out. Uh, but she doesn't even know what's happening because she can't hear anything. Um, and that's a great concept for a movie. Absolutely. Yeah, hush is a hush is a good a good time for sure. And uh, Mike Flanagan also uh, another actor that or actress that he that he reuses is uh, Kate Siegel that I mentioned because they are actually married. Um, so oh, she's okay. she's the star of Hush. She's one of the sisters in uh, Haunting of Hill House. Um, she's one of the ghosts in Oculus. Um. She's the love interest here in in Midnight Mass. Um, Aaron, I think, is her name. Uh, oh, okay. She, yeah, she uh, the one that had the baby, and then her baby mysteriously vanished when she was taking the communion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so she's awesome too. She's great in everything that Mike Flanagan uses her in, which is pretty much everything he's done for the most part. Um, but yeah, dude, Midnight Mass, great, great show. High, high, high recommend for everybody if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, man, any, any, cl- I, I actually also got my mom to watch this one as well because I just kept raving about how cool the concept was and she sat down and, and watched it as well and she absolutely loves it. So, it's just uh it's a quick watch, seven episodes. You can burn through it in a couple days and and just have a good time and you know, again, great show to watch for October for Halloween season. So Absolutely. 
Awesome, man. Well, Jason, I'm, I'm glad you watched the show and had a good time with it. Um, we definitely want to hear from our listeners, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, Your recommendations, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Well, listeners, you heard it here from Mr. Jason. Um, we want to hear from you. You know, so let us know what you're thinking of the episode so far, what your thoughts are on Midnight Mass um, and all the other topics we've touched on so far. And, uh, you know, we want to know we want to know what you want us to talk about here on the show. We want this to be a, a strong horror community just filled with a lot of fun. So you can get in touch with us on Instagram and Facebook at Midnight Terrors Podcast for both. Um, I think we're going to set up an email account at some point for you to reach out to us directly through that. Um, but yeah, hit us up. We would, we, you know, are always looking for more friends and guests to join us on the podcast. So if you would like to talk with us and talk some horror with us on the show, definitely let us know. <clears throat> and, uh, 100%. Yeah, and leave us a review if you feel so inclined on uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. <clears throat> that helps us go a long way uh, for climbing up the ranks and getting our show out there. But thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Episode 8 of the Midnight Terrors Podcast. Jason, how do we say Midnight Terrors here? Midnight Terrors. Yeah, buddy. Just evil dead it all day, every day. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys thank you everybody for listening this is the Midnight Terrors Podcast we will catch you again next week